when we both start dying because we're already getting cold and going, we should probably get this underway. Yeah, but it's not as nasty as it's been in the garage, let me tell you. Yeah, it's been a real slobber knocker <coughs> out there. Although so, I will, next time we have a, an insane cold day, though, I'm hooking that shit up and I'm putting the good heater in here and I'll run the line into the house. Okay. So it won't blow out the garage fuse. It, yeah, that's fair, because it took us, what, an hour yeah. to figure out one day? <laughs> yeah, trying to even figure out where the fuse line went, and yeah, it was great. So I wanted to give you an update to something that we had talked about, not on the podcast whatsoever. Okay. But whatever, uh-huh. we're just airing our, our personal stuff here at the beginning. I did the thing mm-hmm. that I was talking about last time I saw you. Really? I, I stuffed chicken with mashed yeah. potatoes. how did it work? Well, here's the thing. So I made, like whipped potatoes usually i just use a smasher but i actually got out the thing and whipped them Mm -hmm. and then i cut up some mushrooms and zucchini and then added some uh wisconsin uh or uh, three or tri-state cheddar or something did you um add any any cream or anything to the mashed potatoes little milk butter and sour cream okay yeah yeah you got to get the lipids in there yeah so i'm here to report to you Mm -hmm. james you don't need to do that okay you you can (laughs) I mean, it was probably one of the most underwhelming things that I've ever made because it wasn't, if it would have been bad, it would have been one thing where Mm -hmm. I could have gone like, don't fucking do that. It was terrible. But it was like, oh, well, that's certainly food. Kind of like last week's movie? I mean, I guess, yeah. Like it was just... All the elements were there. Yeah, it it was fine. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that actually did come about that was very good Mm -hmm. was at the bottom of the pan... The uh, obviously mashed potatoes had uh, melted even a little bit more, and Uh when they leak out, it mixed with the chicken drippings, so it made like a naturally thickened gravy in and of itself. Ooh, like a slurry. I made potato gravy to put on potatoes. Oh yeah, potato chicken gravy. Now that Uh that happy accident was worth the whole experience. It it really was because I mean I just threw them in the oven, so like baked chicken isn't really my favorite to begin with. It's Mm. whatever. It's just an easy way to make chicken if you got nothing else to do. So that part of it was underwhelming, and like, yeah, the potatoes leaked out. But ooh, what is this gold at the bottom here? Absolutely. See, I'm doing I'm doing cheap and easy this week. I I, I bought a couple of breasts. I made them in tenders, and I uh, I'm going to actually take them and uh, just I'm just going to do real real quick dredge on them, but spice it right the fuck up in the flour. Mm-hmm. Throw some panko on there. Yeah, baby. And then I'm going to make some Spanish rice with it. Boy. So I think I uh, sent you a text as well. I got a real good price on a lamb of leg or oh, leg yeah. of lamb. Yeah, how'd that come out? I'm a dingus. Uh, I haven't made it yet. Ooh. I'm saving it for one of these days when we do this. Nice. I'm going to uh, obviously thaw it because I had to freeze it. Mm-hmm. Give it uh, some some good uh, good spices and mm-hmm. then braise it, and maybe we can make some lamb tacos. Ooh. With some shredded cabbage, and we'll cut up some radishes, get cilantro. I'll dust up my, uh, because I've been on a birria kick lately because El Sabor over here. Uh-huh. Fucking there two times a week for the goddamn birria tacos, and someday they're going to make them a real motherfucking goat. 
Ah, uh, never. It's not going to happen, but still, in my dreams. Yeah, so I thought... But that lamb, if I made a birria sauce for that, ooh, 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 So ooh. what I'm saying is that we should probably collaborate mm-hmm. on some wicked-ass lamb tacos. Oh, hells yeah. I'll start I'll start uh, digging around my brain tonight. Because I, I got it, and I definitely want to do some sort of cabbage. I was thinking of doing, like, a very light, almost macerated, in a just, uh, what do I use? Olive oil, lime mm. juice, cumin, and a little salt. Oh, yeah, real real basic. Yeah, nice. Yeah, real, real, just to give it a hint of flavor. Right, and because then it'll do... melt right in with that nice little fat cap. Oh, uh-huh. sweet. And then, and then those radishes for the little bite, mm-hmm. cilantro. And then I'm trying to think of whether, because I, I equally like fresh and grilled jalapeno. I, I think I want the uh, fresh for the brightness of it. For well, the if, green. if it's going to lean towards tacos, though, you might want to put a little sauce on, on it or maybe uh, maybe just a touch of adobo because adobo's got the tenderizer in it, too, while you're cooking, and it's going to infuse that all that beautiful MSG into it, mm. and it'll, it'll make it more ripe for whatever flavors we'll, we throw we'll, on we'll it. We'll figure this okay. out. All right. I, I, I figure we start the episode with a little bit of good good uh, New Year news. Cooking hints we're, with we're, Chris and Jim. We're going to make... Good news, everyone. We're <laughs> going to make lamb tacos, and you can't have any unless you come over. <laughs> and no, you can't come over. You have not been invited. So, <laughs> happy New Year to us at some point. <coughs> mm-hmm. If and when we never get around to this, I'll find it three <laughs> months from now in the freezer and go, what the fuck? Next, in July, for our second anniversary episode, we'll finally do the taco. Second? Shit, it'll be third years, my God man. God damn, I forgot. Yeah, three, third anniversary. Yeah, God damn. we're old. Christ. And nobody likes us. Mm-hmm. We, we've become the old codger. Just us airing grievances and sharing recipes. We're just mudging it up over here. Chain smoking and drinking coffee angrily. And <laughs> bitterly complaining about shit. Oh, damn it. Is our podcast just an AA meeting but uh, about spookies? <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah, I refuse to acknowledge that. Well, we do pray to John Carpenter every time. Well, yeah. So, I mean, kinda worship at at the altar of Anwar. Yeah. Mm. All right, I think we've diddle dicked around enough. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had it with us. Hey, hey, everybody! More of us. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My name is Chris Pfeff, and I'm one of your hosts. And I am James Moreno, and I'm the other one of your hosts. This week, mm-hmm. James, yeah, we are talking about 2021's No One Gets Out Alive. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, let's see, written for the screen by John Crocker and Fernanda Koppel, and directed by Santiago Mangini. Uh, this is the second film that we've done based on an Adam Neville novel. Mm-hmm. The first being The Ritual. Yep. The David Bruckner joint. Good yep, yep. movie. Really yes, good movie. Yes, it was. Indeed, indeed. So, James, hmm. how did you like our sort of follow-up, No One Gets Out Alive? I wanted to like it more. Really? Mm-hmm. Ooh. We are going to have a hotly contested No, no, no. Here's the deal. I had to watch this. A a lot of times I can rewind and sit and recheck and double check. And kids and whatnot, it was a one and done. I didn't have time to really, really sink into this movie because I'll watch the first half hour and then I'll have to rewatch it because I'm me. And then kids will yell and I'll rewind. I couldn't. I had to watch it as much straight through as possible. And I, I don't dislike this movie. 
I'm just trying to, maybe I missed the theme. Maybe there's something I'm not quite getting. And, and a lot of this hit, if you want to, they had a Mikwetl, which is the coolest fucking most badass weapon in the entire universe. <laughs> just hanging on the wall. And it, I mean, they, they got into some lore that I understood. Uh-huh. And I fucking really like, usually I complain about um, main characters as women. She was just badass in her own right. She, it wasn't because of this or the, anything. Everything she did, she did because of herself. It mm-hmm. wasn't, it, and, um, and I really fucking loved that. I loved every single solitary bit about it. I am so confused because of, I'll use the same thing. I needed, I needed a little bit more about uh, the entity. I needed a little bit more and maybe tie it in with the, the, the Toltec and the Mayan stuff a little bit harder. Ooh, see, the thing about the monster, I'm going to disagree with you because I think that is almost like a good Lovecraftian vague horror. Because she doesn't know anything about it, really, so why should we? Right. And if we're putting ourselves in the character's shoes, mm-hmm. I think that was a pretty good representation. I, I want to get back to the monster later, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm just saying, they, they threw in a lot of this um, Aztec man stuff. And if they would have leaned into it, it was a man atrocity or anything else, I could have given more to my headcanon for all the characters. That's fair. So, again, maybe I was trying to make this more than it was and didn't enjoy it for what it was. I don't know. I, I think I landed on, because I usually kind of ruminate in these movies as well and watch them quite a few times, whether it even just be falling asleep or whatever. Yeah. I, I also kind of had to not rush it, but I, I watched the whole thing, and I'm, I think it's a good 7.5. Yeah. No, that, that's a fair assumption, because my, my problem, again, is this happens to me a lot because I've been doing this a lot. I'm comparing it to a bunch of other movies with similar shots, similar themes, similar ideas, similar everything. And I'm trying to make this one okay. You know what I'm saying? Because it's been done. I like what they did with it, though. I really do. I don't want you to get to that thing that I dislike this movie. I just was like, I don't know, something missing for me, I guess. I think uh, what I really like about it is I think it's very good at uh, visual storytelling. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it did a lot with the camera and to show you shots that gave you parts of the story without just kind of th- saying it at you. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that in a film. The only time I think that there was one real big expo dump is when she walked into that office and she found all the... Uh, yeah. The, the pictures and, and... Yeah, and the headphones still playing on the loop. And oh, the, that was that fucked me up for a minute, dude. And the weapon on the wall. That was about the only time. And the I Huitl. think... And I think that was just a, well, we have to let the audience in on what's going on a little bit. Because mm-hmm. had they not, it we wouldn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I also really, really, really like about this, and it's visual storytelling, <coughs> is it is straight up up front with you, these are ghosts. Mm-hmm. This is not her going crazy. This is not... And I appreciate it being very straightforward ghosts because a lot of times they do a psychological angle, which most of the time is fine. It fits within the melu. Yeah, like it, it happens. It's is she seeing things or is she losing her mind? No question. Right here, first fucking shots of the movie, they flat out tell you these are ghosts. Yeah, she's... and it, th- 
I appreciate that because it sets the tone for your movie. It doesn't let them flip flop on this, that, the relying on Ishii going crazy. Mm-hmm. No, they are straight up there for the scares. They let you know it, and I fucking appreciate the shit out of that. And and they didn't. Again, you're right. I can appreciate that too because even the ending is left to what you saw. Yeah. It's what you saw, what was perceived. We're not looking at unreliable narrators. We're not looking at, is she crazy or is she not? We're not looking at, was this part of a vision given by the host? We're not, any of those things. It's straight up, they're fucking ghosts. Yeah, and she is now the carrier of this whatever infection. Because it's kind of like a, (laughs) kind of like the rules of Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Yep. Like if you kill Santa, you're Santa now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty much, uh, so just of the story is, am, oh, we didn't do the cast list, shit. Oh, shit, we, we haven't even uh, done anything. We just started jump right the fuck we, in. We sure did. Uh, starring I'll listen Cr- you butcher some names. Yeah. No, actually, these ones are not too bad. Uh, Christina Rodlow as Ambar, Mark Menchada as Red, and David Rigoli as Becker. That fucking Becker, dude. So, effectively, Ambar is an immigrant who, it's... Not clear how long she has lived here, but she's illegal. Oh, yeah. And she's working a shitty job, which, again, the visual storytelling of not having to tell us everything, just showing us these fucking awful conditions and the way that she's living. And the way that she's treated. Yeah, by everybody. Feeding the machine. Oh, dear. Overarching theme. So she finds a place where she can stay, and it's run by this dude, Red, who's only women in it. I thought it was going to be like a Haunted Mansion movie at first. Mm -hmm. But long story short, it's these two brothers, and their father had been digging up strange artifacts. And their brother killed their father because he went mad and Mm -hmm. killed their mother, which gave uh, Becker the... uh, Regenerative... Yeah, the sickness, they call it. I guess, yeah. Which means that they need blood effective, or they need to sacrifice bodies to this uh, entity... Mm-hmm. And then Ambar kills him, and the last scenes of the movie are her flashing with that. Again, yeah, visual storytelling. Didn't leave shit to the imagination, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Tell me the end of your story. I don't want to guess. I love it. James, I, uh, this. It, now that you mentioned it, though, see, again, sometimes if I, ju- I usually have time, like I said, to ruminate, to think. And what I like about these episodes the most is I've come in here. I'm not ambivalent. I, there's a lot of cool things about it, but I'm just kind of like, ah, I don't know, maybe better. I don't, but that could have just been the critic in me talking. You know what I mean? I'd li- I want to hear because you always see shit that I don't see and I see shit that you don't see. So I love these episodes. Yeah. And I think by, I don't want to say like leaving out a lot of dialogue because there's a lot of like really quiet parts to this film. Uh-huh. It's not jam-packed with dialogue, which, again, I appreciate in the visual medium, visual storytelling, and the dialogue that's there matters. Well, But it's not on-the-nose dialogue. Right. But it's important to pay attention to. It's good storytelling. Well, the only on-the-nose anything is no one gets out of here alive. Yeah. I knew walking in the movie, I was, I was surprised Ambar did, but she didn't, did she? Yeah. She didn't get out of there whole, no. and we don't know if she leaves or not. No. So maybe I, she never got out of there. So, oh, apt title. So I'm liking this a little bit. It's cleverer than I give it credit for. Yeah. And, I mean, the characterization of Red is fucking fantastic because mm-hmm. he's just this kind of scumbag who's, he seems oddly aggressive, but not really when you find out that he's the beta mm-hmm. and he backs down in front of his brother. Yep. It's, that's, it's such good storytelling that 
again, when a movie's story stands up for me, mm-hmm. it makes everything else so much better because there are things that I don't like about it, mm-hmm. but it outshines it so much more that I think 7.5 is definitely where I stand. Well, what I, my, well, a lot of my biggest complaints about movies is if they are making a statement and it isn't well done. This was well done and it made a statement too. And I, and I really like it because at the very beginning of the movie... I don't know if you've ever helped sponsor somebody for citizenship or work through the papers or work through the, that system, even in the slightest, but it's a fucking nightmare. And the predators, just to get to this fucking country, the amount of shit that you got to go, it, it, just the shit that you see isn't even a patch on the ass of what actually happens to people coming over here. And the fact that she made it, and I love the fact that they actually did it in Ohio because... Uh, there's no, it's yeah, like, this is set in Cleveland. Right. But you got to take a look at it. Um, when, when, like when my, when my grandfather came over and brought the family and whatever, they, they settled in Chicago area, but the time that they settled in Chicago area, it wasn't a Hispanic neighborhood. It wasn't Hispanic anything. You were just one of a clumped in with a bunch of other immigrants. And they showed that writ large here in this movie and the things that happened, you trusted somebody, you're going to get money. They did a Murphy drop. Here, I'm going to hold the money, and then you give me your money, and then we're gonna, I'll, I'll match your money, and we're going to get the thing. I thought that was such a smart move to show that this lady pretending to be her friend who's also presumably, we don't know if she's a, a legal citizen or not. We don't really know too much about her except for that she's one of Ambar's friends at work. Mm-hmm. And effectively, she tells her that she's going to help her get this green card or this fake ID or whatever yep. it is. And Ambar gives her, like, the rest of her money, and this lady just takes off with Fucking it. Fucking cooks. And now this is, the and, and I like how they tied her to that house. They didn't tie her to the house with anything other than you're fucked and you got no place else to do because, and again, setting in Ohio, it is fucking bitter cold. Yeah, it's it, she There's, is viable to end up dead if yeah. she do, if something doesn't happen. Because if the, if she doesn't die of exposure from the elements, somebody's gonna fucking roll her and kill her. Because she is super marginalized, and they show that all mm-hmm. hugely in there, which adds to the unease. and And I like how the unease, a lot of the unease, and it hit me super hard because I have not. I have not personally had to immigrate, but I've helped personally helped a lot of people to immigrate. And it is some scary shit because, you know, I could be helping somebody along and then you don't hear from them for three months. And then you get a wire from Mexico saying they swooped and got us. And, you know, all the shit that they did to get here and all the shit that they got fucked over on over here. And they showed that all in the movie. And I, I thought that was wonderful because... A lot of times my unease is where they set the shot or how they angle the shot. My unease is just being uncomfortable for this person in the situation. And again, adding to it, um, being a tag-end relative of somebody calling you out of the blue at 3 in the morning, going, fuck, I got my family. I, you're my family, yes, but my family first. It's 3 o'clock in the fucking morning and I'm out of town. Yeah, I having never been involved in anything like this. That's I was kind of confused about what her relationship to uh, was it Beto. I thought it was her uncle. I think so, but again, it seems like they've never they never met. No, but it, and and again, that is so not uncommon because generationally, sometimes only three from this generation can come, and then with money and lawyers, you can get six more of the next generation. See, so you're seeing people in your family that are directly. You could have a brother that you haven't seen in 15 years because we need enough money to get him over. 
and this is the third time we've got them, and fuck if we can't get the paperwork right. That's what I was, but I was very confused because what was she going to him for? Because he was under the assumption that she was legal because she tells him that she was born in Texas. Right, because she needs work now, and she's lying to get anything she can get. Okay, because I, I didn't understand exactly like what was happening there. Again, having never been in that situation, it's something that I'm wholly unfamiliar with, so I have no frame of reference. Well, the one of the, I, thankfully, thankfully, Spanish was spoken in an accent that I grew up listening to. So I didn't have to translate. They Spanish-English, so that's why I think I picked up that was the uncle... And I know this, I kind of know the situation because, you know, you, you want to ask, but you don't want to ask too much. You know what I mean? Because asking, if I wanted something from you, at least the way I grew up, it would take me a week to ask you because I'd come around every day. Hey, how you doing? I'd bring something. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are the kids? And it would take me three or four days to kind of get around to maybe, hey, if you, if you heard of a guy that maybe needed a couple dollars to get this done, how would you go about asking him? <laughs> You, you don't ask direct, you know what I mean? And it's very culturally, it's like, okay, we're getting the hookup. Well, I told this guy, now I got to follow through with it because uh, Tio's giving me a job. That's, <laughs> that's why when I was watching this, I kept thinking, like, why, does it, why is she going back to this fucking shit shack? Why isn't she just sleeping on their couch or something? <laughs> because they're in a very, very nice house. Like, uh-huh. uh, again, I didn't get it because I've never We know you, but there. we don't know you. And here's some money. Um, maybe when we get to know you, we can do a little more, but I, you know, yeah, phone call out of the blue. Hey, I'm here. The fuck? You're here. <laughs> what? You're my mom that, oh shit. You know, now he's dealing with the loss of a sister trying to figure this out. And we don't know if it's a brother-in-law. We don't know the exact relationship because it's not exactly, I don't know if it's mommy's brother or brother-in-law or how is that working? Right. You know, we don't know what's going on with any of that. That's why when I was watching it, I actually was just thinking like, man, I'm glad I have James on my side because he is going to be able to explain all of this to me because it's not that like I'm so dumb that I don't get it, but just it really threw me off as to why, why isn't she just staying on their couch? Why wouldn't she explain the situation that, hey, I'm living in this flop house with (coughs) this guy who really seems like a predator. Okay, well, first of all, I've already asked you for something, and I'll be figgity fucked if I'm going to ask you for something else. Yeah, all right, yeah. Did you notice that it took her being scared out of her entire tiny little mind before she picked up that phone again? To call him, yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because especially the way I was raised, unless you're dying, don't ask for shit from anybody. Because if you can't get yourself, you're useless enough to deserve to die. Fuck you. Man, yeah, she is in a rough situation, though. And that's what I really, really liked about it, is it wasn't just, this happens to this character. You talk a lot about a movie that feels inhabited, mm-hmm. and we kind of felt like we knew who she was just because of all of the things that they showed us visually mm-hmm. about what she was going through. But this but, is why I was hoping, again, I was hoping because we saw the Mejuitl, we saw they were up at the fucking pyramids in Tenochtitlan, you know, they're doing all this shit. And I wanted some of that, like, maybe show the warrior spirit in the blood, you know, or, you know, coming back to, to avenge the, the people that have died, you know, something going on. Because they showed all, the, all the, the prior people that were killed in the hallway. That, those scenes always fuck me up. See, that's what so I... So did she I think do it to get the power? Or did she do it 
to avenge the deaths of the other woman and make sure it didn't happen again. I think she did it out of self. Self when she When she killed Becker. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she had any idea that that was going to be happening to her. I think it was self-preservation. Yeah, but she could have just whacked them with the mojitos. She would already fucking whacked Becker. They needed time to the to the stone, so I wanted to see some some Aztec shit coming in there, you know, doing the mojitos dance or some shit. I don't know. See, that's I think what I talk about when I say that like when you have horror, the horror itself can be vague. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay, because it doesn't go too much into that. You're right. It doesn't give us any of really the backstory of what this is, why it is, mm-hmm. what it's doing, what it wants, anything. And I think that's okay for a monster. It is, but it, they put it there, and they had all these elements, and they either they either half-baked it or didn't follow through, I think is my issue. It's like, if we got all this all this imagery, all the mojitos, the... You know, all this stuff, and we're having a Hispanic person as, as the, the hero or heroine, then it should come full circle, or if it, because it, it's alluded to, but never finalized. And I, I guess I wanted it to be more of a, See, more I, of a thing, maybe a cultural thing. And when talking about, like, you know, the Aztec spirit or whatever, I don't know. I think that badass monster kind of encapsulates it all. Oh, hell yeah. I, mean, I didn't really need a whole lot else, because, dude, when we talk about monster design a lot, <sighs> This monster's fucking sweet. Oh <laughs> it's man, scary as shit. It's fucked up in all kinds of ways. The, the carapace that looks like the wedding veil followed through with this, like the yeah. monster with the arms and then a human body face. Uh huh. And then the the fucking teeth in old hooch can. Oh yeah, the, the teeth where a, a a vaginal cavity would be on a human being. But, and uh, those are those scary fucking. You ever see like those coconut those coconut uh, coconut chomping fish with the human teeth? Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. Yeah, that's what that fucking looked like, and you could see that thing taking a goddamn. Head. The, the, okay, out of all the effects that I've seen in horror in a long time. When they showed those teeth, just they looked like gigantic fucking gerbil teeth and shit, and it was just horrific. And you could see a head coming off in this goddamn thing. Uh huh. It was amazing, dude. The uh, and that's what uh, this director. I kind of looked at some of his other stuff. Mm-hmm. He's mainly like he's done a whole bunch of shorts, but he's mainly worked on like uh, visual effects. And it kind of shows in this. Oh, hell Because, man, that monster looks cool. That thing but, was metal as fuck. Okay, so here's one of the problems that I have with this. Because there's very few things that, like, I knock this movie for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a critical thing or if it, this is just me. Mudging it up. So, the lighting. Do you think this movie would have benefited? Because I personally think it would have benefited from... Not having the uh, greenish-blue lens on all of the interior shots. Because if you'd have given it a little bit more realistic lighting and everything not having that... That green tone, The cold, the cold color Mm -hmm. palette. And then uh, contrasted with the warm colors, because a lot of the other times it's very bright oranges. Yeah, because the the, blues. the, the The very last light scene. Where they showed the, you know, where they, they pan to the room and they show the chair or whatever. Yes. That was normal lighting. Okay, okay. I didn't notice the juxtaposition until just now. Yeah, and it, it's been happening in quite a few movies in the last few years. Uh, Gretel and Hansel did it, but I think they did a little better. Mm-hmm. But that's what I think that 
it was just a touch too blue and green for me mm-hmm. because when watching it, it made me feel like I was watching like a film. And I know that sounds weird, but it took a little bit of the realism away from it for me mm. because it made the ghosts, it gave it that we need it to look spooky look. See, for me, I think I missed that because I was still piecing together all that uncomfortable uh, uncomfortability of the immigrant experience, very specifically the Mexican-American experience. I absolutely loved the fact that they showed that uh, she spoke the fuck out of some English. She spoke English better than I do. Yeah. And I she, loved that. She's effectively from here. She's yeah. an American. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I like the fact that that was a thing, too, because, we, you know, you think of an immigrant experience of not speaking the language, too. Well, no, that was there. But she's still getting fucked by the system, whether she spoke English or Spanish. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to the system whether she's got you know an associate's degree and whatever. It doesn't matter to anybody because the system is going to grind you. Much like these women are feeding, feeding the monster. They're coming in working these shit jobs until they're replaced. But back to my original question: Do you think that would have helped or hurt to kind of just reduce the amount? Because there's quite a few times I noticed there's especially a scene where they're. Uh, when her and Red are back to the, going back to the house, mm-hmm. they're showing the lights on the highway, and they specifically are doing the blue and orange filters on the lights. Okay. And it's, I get it. I get what you're doing. The cold is for all the spooky, you know, cold, dead things because it makes it look uh, rotten or whatever. It's a real Mike Flanagan move. Right. You know, I, I guess, I guess when it's artfully done, I don't notice it. Or if it's most of the movie, I don't notice it. And I'd have to rewatch it to, to feel that because it's like I said, I was caught up in about a hundred different things and didn't even notice the lighting. But like I said, it's just that weird filter and it's been happening a lot lately where mm. it's got that like real Mike Flanagan blue green hue when, because it makes everything look kind of dead. And, you know, mm-hmm. the ghosts look a little spookier when it's lit like that and the eyes shine a little bit more, obviously. Gotcha. Well, you and know, I think had you toned it down and made it a little more lifelike, I, I think it would have enhanced my enjoy but again that's just that was one of the few things that eventually i was just man i get it it's blue in here Mm -hmm. well there was i've noticed a couple things there's both nods to and nods away from things it's like it's like um there's been a bunch of movies where under the bed has been a thing Mm -hmm. they pan to the bed and i'm waiting to see something come out from under the bed the bed's on the floor and it was like haha gotcha for a second it's like he'd seen a bunch of other shit. He's like, I'm not doing that on purpose. Yeah. You know, so I, I liked a bunch of those, but yeah. Some of them, like I said, the, the, the lighting. It, now that and, I'm and looking back at it. It really stood out to me. The one shot where it really stood out to me, and it was one of the few shots that I just went like, eh, you didn't have to do that. It was when she's in the room and she looks over and there's the ghosts of all the women. Yeah. For a split second. Yeah, just like the, the one that we just saw. Yeah, it's like the end of his house where yeah, it's yeah. all the ghosts standing there. That was a little bit more impactful mm-hmm. due to, you know, the sense, also very sensitive nature. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It. I get it. They've been killing a lot of women, but mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of this. Like, I, I kind of don't need it. And that was one of the only shots that really bothered me. But <coughs> the violence in this movie is fantastic. Oh, my God. They did. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because. The fucking, one of the most gruesome spots in this movie besides the decapitation, which freaked me out. It's still freaking me and, out. And, and the, uh, yeah, the bashing in of Becker's skull. Fuck me running. 
they did not shy away. They didn't cut. They didn't do shit. No cheap nothing. And they they dropped that dummy off the third floor balcony. Let that motherfucker splat. Sure did, James. Oh, it is jarring. And I going back to uh, was it Tenebra that we saw the not Tenebra. What was the one um, wreck? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and, a that's a good stairway fall too. Yeah, but I think wreck was better because I didn't see it. But I saw it, and it was horrible, and it was magnificent. Right, but in Wreck, you just saw the body come slamming down out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It was was a jump scare. It was very surprising and very well executed. Mm -hmm. In this, you really get a sense of the height. Yes. It really gives you almost that feeling of vertigo due to the, like, wide-angle shot on it and just... Man, letting her fall for as long as she did, obviously, it's just gravity, but... It's tense because you know that body's going to hit the floor and you're just waiting for it. And it seems like it takes 10 years. And then when it spanks, whap. Yep. And it almost unceremoniously, too, because it cuts away almost immediately and you just go, fucking Jesus Christ. Mm. What I really liked here, too, is when I notice editing, that's good editing. Oh, Because when they're killing Becker, they show his face as it's being beaten in. Mm -hmm. But... Quickly, but not in flashes. It's long enough for you to see it. Yes. Then it goes back her, to the shot of her swinging the thing. And again, it flips back to, you see it, mm-hmm. but not for that long. It's just long enough for it to be fucking jarring and gruesome as shit. Well, and, and if you take a look at, a, like, colonial history, like, that fucking weapon, the, the Spanish would write shit about whatever. They, you know, the man's like to fuck goats and the hot summer sun or whatever. Because they, they want to diminish, but they very specifically in so many things, they talk about the fearsomeness of the mojito in battle. Uh-huh. It, it would sever heads with one blow. It could cut a horse in half. It was the most feared weapon on a battlefield. And these were talking about guys with armor, okay? They were scared shitless of this thing, and they showed that thing just fuck shit up those obsidian those yeah. obsidian blades on there. Oh. To, to explain to anybody who might not have seen it, it kind of almost looks like a, a mix cricket between, bat. Yeah, like, I was going to say like a rowing oar and a chainsaw, yep. like a stationary chainsaw. It's like if you took a cricket bat and just broke beer bottles and stuck it on the outsides of it and just started whacking people with it. Yeah, it's fucking gnarly. Oh, yeah. And I, I guess uh, the Maori had something similar. They would use shark's teeth on the outside of those things. Oh, I believe it. Man, some of the Maori weapons are Ooh. no fucking joke. And all of it, and there's a fucking violent. And I, again, it just made me so happy that they used it. And they did not cut the fuck away. And when she took that obsidian shard and just it. zipped old boy's throat, whack. Oh, man. That was, again, they show it. And mm-hmm. what I really liked is they could have probably gone cheaply and done CGI blood, mm-hmm. it, but it looks good. It and, looks real good. And the CGI was only jarring, like with the creature effects, it was only jarring for a second because then I was just horrified. Yes. Because initially when the hands were coming out, I'm like, oh, fuck me, front. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Because no. she, uh, she sees it on the subway because it's giving uh, all these women dreams of yes. this box. Because we haven't really talked about the monster, but it's a monster who must feed on women, I'm guessing. It's never... It, I will say that it's feeding on what it's fed. Oh, that's fair, because it eats red. Because, yeah. It's not... Th- what it did, I'm, I'm guessing, is that it had... And this is, again, this is a stretch. This is me doing headcanon. This is me, whatever, theorizing. But remember when the possessing entity and the other one where it would make you come to it? 
kind of, and it would give you visions to make you run towards it. Yes. And I'm feeling the same kind of vibes from this. So it, it can't outright do anything specifically to you. It's in a box, but it can make you stay there. It can make you become towards it. It can cause the people to ritually sacrifice to it so that it can maintain his blood. Yes. So its power isn't necessarily physical. It's just this small mental, psionic, whatever you want to call it, to cause the circle to continue to feed. Yes. It's not a possession. It's more of like an infestation almost. Yeah. It gets into you. Yeah. And Just, it, hey, wouldn't it be cool, you know, if we did this thing? Hey, you can live a while. It's uh-huh. going to be kind of cool. Nobody can hurt you. Yeah. And like you said, it does fuck with her mind because there are several points where it's making her see not only the box itself, but like her mother. Or her, her uncle. Yes. That she happens to know because she saw the fucking tooth roll under the door in a Dude. pile of blood just we'll, floating in it. Yeah. We'll, oh, we'll get back Jesus. to the violence in a minute. But yeah, the monster. Uh, but it causes her to have visions of her uncle to be helping her at the moment where and, she's going to be consumed. And what it's doing is lulling you into, I, I don't want to say like a false sense of security. But yeah, it's warping your mind to lull you into being docile mm-hmm. so that it can easily just eat you like a uh, praying mantis. Mm-hmm. Just chomp that head off with those fucking horrific gerbil teeth. God damn it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, getting back to the violence, Beto's murder. Oh. That was one of the, I think, smartest things in this entire film. Because it was so fucking effective without showing really anything. And it, it was like the scene when we saw um in Green it's, Room. It's behind the door. It's, it's making you fill in the blanks, mm-hmm. which sometimes isn't great. But when you're doing it like this... And it was quick, too. Bah, bah, bah. Because Beto shows up to the house. Red answers the door, says, never never seen this oh, ambar. Oh, that was so good. He says, well, that's her coat right there. And mm-hmm. just bashes through the door, right through Red. Mm-hmm. And uh, we haven't really talked about Becker, but Becker is just an enormous man who is Red's uh, possessed... Gr- uh, Brother? Yes. Yeah. And he uh, effectively just fist murders Beto right outside this door. Oh, my God. You can it, it even sounds like somebody's getting their head beaten out of round. It does. And it's just, it just that you hear the initial crack and then the pulpy hits. Pulpy hits. And then you see the pile of blood with the tooth roll under yes. the door. The blood under the floor was fine. I expected that. When that tooth rolled under the door, that is when I looked at that and went, these me. are people that know what they're doing. Because mm-hmm. that's such a simple detail, but you add that and it makes it all the more chilling. Anymore, it would have been too much. Uh-huh. Anything less would have been acceptable, but that one piece was just the fucking perfect piece. But to explain that, then the Beto is definitely dead. When we talk about the monster lulling her into the false sense of security, she thinks Beto shows back up and comes to rescue her and leads her down to that basement. Mm-hmm. And... We all, and we as an audience know it's bullshit because she can, and this is beautiful because now that you mention it, for comfort, in her darkest hour, she listens to her mother's voice on the phone. Hey, baby, I know you're out and, you know, I don't like this room, but she keeps listening to it and listening to it and about how it combed her hair a hundred times and isn't that, isn't that great for you? Yes, it is, mommy. This is the same exact conversation that we've heard. A bunch of times throughout this movie, we know she's about to get her head ripped the fuck off. Mm-hmm. And, and so I love how they set that up. And, and, and now that they paid it off. That's why I think I was more pissed about the Aztec shit. I was waiting for more payoff. 
Right, but again, I don't think it needed. I think the story supported everything that it needed to. Oh, yeah. And it didn't leave any, like, I didn't see any gigantic holes in this when looking at the story. Like I said, there was only even just the one real exposition dump, I feel like, and that's when she wanders into Red's office and finds the uh, <laughs> the record playing and the weapon and the books with the, uh, <coughs> the ceremony and the it's sacrifices in it. at ratcheting up. The uncomfortability. Yes. That's what I wanted to not round out, but I really wanted to talk about red because when you talked about there being uh, predators for immigrants out there, I'm sure this dude is a dime a dozen Mm -hmm. and it just, I don't know if this was a nod to it or not, but the fact that this takes place in Cleveland, there was that huge story about the guy in Cleveland who was keeping women just, prisoner for like 20 years at a time yep so to think that you know wouldn't somebody notice all these fucking people going missing in this place maybe not no no not at all because okay think about it um if you're homeless and mentally ill there's a chance for social workers to be there there's a chance for the police to be involved (coughs) what's your easiest prey people who have no recourse no other recourse. So streetwalkers, um, hookers, um, marginalized workers, very specifically women marginalized workers, because if you're a single woman, you don't have your family support there. And specifically in Mexican culture, you've got the, you know, the man with the whole machismo stuff is taking care of business. They're, you're not used to taking care of that business. Now you're forced to take care of all the business. And and it was really put, you know, that's why women were there. That's why it had to be that. That's why there was no recourse, because you're not plugged into any system. No, and, I, yeah, who are you going to run to if you're being abused by this man? You can't go to the police. Mm-hmm. It, it, where else are you going to go, especially, like, in a place like Cleveland where we've already said, you know, it's freezing fucking cold. And, Your option uh, is you can stay here and be abused. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it just so happens that this is ritual murder, but I, I can't imagine that dudes like this don't just exist by the thousands. They do. Everywhere. You probably know him. And he is... <coughs> he's a very interesting character, I think, Red, because he, he has that air of sinister mm-hmm. about him, because he is. Oh, yeah. And he's he knows com- it. He's 100% complicit in this. Uh-huh. At any time, he could have either tried to kill his brother or get the fuck out of there. He chose to stay. He is complicit. But there's a part of you that also is, he's that hurt little boy almost. He he seems like he has a heart of gold and like he doesn't want to do any of this. Yet he but... never acts on it. No, exactly. And that's what I was going <clears> to <throat> say. He's kind of like Gabe from Green Room. I was just going to say. That, you know, it's just like, We'll still kind of fuck you mm-hmm. because there are several points where like, yeah, he needs her for the sacrifice, but like, he seems like he wants her to get out of there. No. Cause if you wanted her to get out of there, he would have brought the fucking money. No, exactly. But he, he seems like it's really like weighing on him that he continually has to do this because it, you meet that many people that you're sacrificing. Regardless, you're going to meet somebody that you're just like, man, this girl could have had a decent life. Mm-hmm. And think about too. I, and it one sucks thing, that I have to kill her, but why? Oh, I, I, I'm trying to figure out why he was sacrificing three instead of one, like the normal. I think that's just what they had on hand. 
Okay. <laughs> Honestly. It, it seems like, why are we doing all this at one time? He, Red even said, why, why are we doing all of these right now? Yeah. That, that's true. I mean. And the only thing I could think of is. Is it getting worse? Is that maybe he, did, he wasn't recovering. Yeah. The first one, so he's going to do the second one and third one because the, the, the scratch wasn't getting better. It should have gotten better immediately because he sacrificed somebody downstairs. That's the only thing I can think of. And that's what I really do enjoy about the vagueness of this is because they never flat out tell us what, what is happening with him. Because the monster almost seems like a separate entity, but we know they're connected. But mm-hmm. I, I can't figure out exactly how. Like, yeah, he has to sacrifice these people to this god or what. And I mean, we see like the his veins become engorged, and yeah, he's mm. got the scratches on him, but we don't know what happens at the end of that. Right, right. And we don't know if he's gained any sort of powers from any of this, or if he's just an enormous man. Yeah, because uh, him and he, Red's a big dude, and if you never saw Becker, you'd have been like, "Fuck." Yeah. But when you see Becker, you're like, "Jesus Christ, that is a big, scary man." But I think the obviously the point where we know Red is very, very sinister. Is when they get back to the house and he, you know, walks back in because he tells her, yeah, the money's in your room. Uh-huh. And he's standing in the doorway and he's holding that bottle. He goes, uh, are you sure you don't want to drink? Uh-huh. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I need you to drink this. Uh-huh. And then when he stands in her way when she tries to leave, is the, the dude that played Red, his mm-hmm. acting abilities are fan-fucking-tastic because he is sinister as shit. And he's- it's so unnerving because... We know that there's a bigger threat because we've seen Becker. Right. But he is such an immediate threat and just a brick wall to her leaving. Mm-hmm. But the way that he cowers immediately when <laughs> Becker shows up in the doorway, and, and that turn is fucking fantastic. And, and on top of that, too, as much as I say, fuck this guy, he's complicit in everything, he still manages to engage me in some pathos. There, there's part of me that's a oh, fucking poor guy. You know, but ostensibly fuck this guy, but he is a good enough actor and it was written well enough where you, you still were like, geez, sorry, man, it sucks. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's a fucking monster, you're like, oh dear. Yeah. And just the look of him, I think the casting was perfect because he Mm -hmm. does. He looks like every shitty slumlord handyman that Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, I'll get you your money. I don't have it right now. Uh I'll I'll get it to you. Yep. And but, it, yeah, by the way, I don't have your money. I can't <laughs> give you your money back. Why would I give you your money back? I already told, spent it. Yeah, who told you to get your money back? Yeah. Yeah. And usual junkie bullshit without being a junkie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, well, and, you know, and what I liked about it, too, is <coughs> he looks, in that moment, you ever in a situation where you finally call out a bully, somebody's been stepping on your dick for a minute, you're finally going, okay, motherfucker. I really don't want to do this. Don't want to catch a case, but let's let's roll. Come on, bring it, and just watch him fold. And he did that perfectly. I was like, God damn, God damn. There's a lot of good acting in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of good acting because a lot of the incidental acting, the few, you know, um, uh, her friend that ripped her off. Yeah, I was just gonna say what's her name. It's like Nisky or I don't, something like that. I don't know, but the, the it was beautifully done because. Think about being in a desperate situation, and the only way out of the desperate situation is to fuck over somebody else in a worse situation. Yep. And to be forced to make that choice because you want to eat. Yeah, you know? because they're, when they're talking at the bar, yeah, the lady tells her, like, 
I, I came here X amount of years ago, and guess what? I'm still living in this same shitty place with five family members working this shitty job. I had all these dreams. So you know what? If you give me that money, we'll make your dreams come true so you don't have to have the life that I have. Right. And then maybe you can help me out later. Yep. It's okay. such a good con job. And it's, and it's just, the single oldest. It's a Murphy drop. And it's the oldest here. I'll show you. I'll put the money in here. And then when you pull it out, it's, you get your money back. It's wrapped in blank sheets. Yeah, and, and you and I could watch this because I said the same thing when I was watching it. Like, don't give that fucking woman any money. Nope. But also, we are not a young woman in one of the most desperate situations that you could be in. Mm -hmm. So, this person that you thought you knew at work that oh. told you that she was going to do this thing, it's... It's so good at setting up just what a fucking situation she is in. Mm -hmm. And at, at no turn is there ever an out for her. No. There's never an out. And, and, and it, I love the fact that it, it answers every, every checkpoint on my unasked theory. How long? Well, she couldn't unask because if you unask, you freeze to death. And if you don't get freeze to death, you're going to rape to death in an alley. Yeah. It, no shit. That, that's, and then you're going to freeze to death. You yeah. know, there, there, no fucking out for you. Because not only being an immigrant, but being a woman. When she's walking up to the convenience store, she's harassed by a group of dudes standing outside. Yep. It, it just it hits on every level of just putting her in the most desperate situation and then just going, oh, you thought that was bad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Guess what? There's a raving possessed maniac that's trying to kill you and sacrifice you to a praying mantis monster. Plus, and then they kick us on, and now to think about it, I'm willing, my own little hang-up about, about the Aztec shit notwithstanding, I'm willing to bump this to about an eight because solid acting, solid writing. The Expo dump, I didn't feel like I was hit too hard with the clue bat. And, and again, no, but it, it's the entire movie in one scene. Yeah, but it, but it was the entire movie at the beginning told you nobody's getting out of here. Yeah, that's fair. You know? I, bold title. Yeah, <laughs> I am... I'm willing to overlook that because the tie-ins now make this a better movie for me. Because a movie isn't just what I watch. It's a movie is also about how I feel afterwards. And if I can ruminate on it a little bit more now, see, now is about the time I would come in to talk about the podcast because I had a little time to sit. I, I would give this movie an eight. I, I would give it a solid eight. Yeah, and the one jump scare anyway that I clocked, besides there just being a ghost behind someone, because I don't really consider that a jump scare. Yeah. When uh, she's walking through the hallway and the lady gra or uh, the ghost grabs the other ghost woman's leg because she's seeing uh, relivings of the past violence. Yes. 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 And it was, I, I appreciated because it, it could have cheaped out with jump scares. It could have done them left and right. In my favorite, that could have been. They eight. sure could have. And that's, again, with the visual storytelling and the restraint. But I also like the good old fuck you to convention. Because we talked about the, I talked about that under. There's that one shot where you, the ghost is behind her. But she never sees it. We do. And so when she swips back, it's gone. It should have been there to fuck you up. It was gone. Uh-huh. And it was more like, hi, you thought it was going to be there. Fuck you. And it was a good fuck you because now as a person who's getting used to the tropes, I like, oh, you got me. You got me. Look what you did. And as far as the ghosts go, one of my favorite parts, and it might have been right before or after the uh, jump scare with the leg grab, 
because she's standing in the room and a woman appears in the doorway. And again, this is where I really love the audacious, like, no, these are ghosts. Mm -hmm. She's not seeing anything. You know she's not seeing things. It's not established (laughs) that she's going crazy at all. These are fucking ghosts. And it runs at her Mm -hmm. and disappears. But then all the things in the room start breaking from what this scuffle well it makes happening. it makes more sense that it's only ghosts too yes and because you got to take a look at it um the closeness to the spirit world that um my culture will maintain you like candles for the dead the idea of your spirits and honoring the ancestors all of these things are written in this movie it's not even written large i noticed it because i noticed it because i have the culture it's there if you got it it's not there if you don't yeah and I missed a significant portion of this movie, clearly, and I still really loved it. Yeah, and, oh, okay, now this movie is better than I gave it credit for, again, because I need time to think about it. And I like the fact that, um, I like, my fa- one of my favorite parts of this movie, too, is that they left it open-ended. The world wasn't ending. No. We don't know if the loop closed or not. We She's don't know. just kind of bound to this house, presumably. Maybe. <laughs> We don't know, and it, it's not set up specifically for a sequel. No. But, you know, it, it's not, not set up for a sequel. Yeah. I, I really like the fact that they left an ambiguous end without the end of the world, because we've had a lot of the end of world ambiguous ends. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that, shit, maybe, maybe, maybe some chick's getting her head off, or no, no, now some skeevy dude's getting his head butt off. Maybe now she's... Uh, Maybe now she's uh, dark manning it all around town. Yeah. And, and, hey, you guys can come over here and hang out at my house. Go, go, go ahead and sleep. We, we'll get you in the morning. We'll get a nice little drinky poo. And uh, come on downstairs to the basement. I got something surprise for you. Yeah. Start to lure bad guys and feed the, yeah, feed the demon. This is one of those movies that I'm going to say it again. Don't say it very often, but I could have used more. I don't know what they would have added. I, I think it was the perfect length, but, like, I kind of wanted to just watch more of this movie because I really was enjoying it. The only thing, like I said, that really knocks it for me was like the color scheme. And there was a, the few shots where, yeah, the room full of dead women is ghosts. Like, well, that's always a positive. Eh. Oh, but that's, I think that's just me personally. Because yeah, there could be more as, as an, I don't know if it's an intentional or unintentional positive statement. Because yeah. if it's like, fuck, you know, you finish a book and you're like, man. I, I wanted more. Yeah, and that's good. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I would say, yeah, I would give this movie a solid eight. Definitely a solid eight. Mm. How about so you? Not, I, not going I, back. I, yeah, at least a 7.5. Because, mm. again, the thing with the lighting really bothers me. There's a few of the ghost shots that seem, eh, it's been done. It, it's fine. It's not like a, a deal breaker for me. I still very much enjoy it. But there's a few things that I think could have been tightened up a little. As far as just like, okay, you didn't need to throw a ghost in there. And this, that, and the other thing. I think it got the extra point five from me. Because it put cultural references there for once that I fucking understood. You know what I mean? I don't know anything about Indonesian culture. I know a little more now from having watched movies and looked shit up because I was confused and didn't understand. But for once, I'm like, I didn't have to fucking stretch my brain to figure shit out. Yep, but what I'm going back to is I'm going to fall. I'm going to die on this hill, James. I really love the vagueness of this monster because never do we even get a name for it. Even in, I don't think anyway, I'm pretty sure, I I paid attention looking for one, but even in like the ritual, we get the Jotun, but... I remember hearing like a weird, like I'm I'm fairly hip to a lot of uh, 
uh, Aztec names. I used to know like ten of the kings, and they had weird names like dried shit and whatever. You know, just <laughs> you know, just weird stuff. But I, it was like it sounded like hell's a pop and like oxa. Apotopolis. It sounded almost Greek. Then one weird name. I almost laughed. I don't know if it was my imagination because I was yelling at the kid or what. But the one name I heard was too funny. I was like, "Hell's a popping! What the fuck kind of name is that?" Ooh, the last thing I do want to talk about, yeah. man. I really enjoyed. It was very Hellraiser esque. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the uh, when they did the shot into the box that oh. was kind of into the wall, and it went on for. <laughs> The TARDIS shot? Yeah. Yeah, where it's bigger inside than it is outside. Yeah, I don't know. That kind of shit always gets me if you do it well, and I thought they did. Just, man, the visual storytelling, everything about... They hit me right in the Lovecraft, buddy. Uh Uh-huh. Because that's a portal to wherever the fuck I don't want to be. Yeah, in the vagueness. Using dialogue because, you know, it's obviously, it's a film, Mm -hmm. but not depending solely on your dialogue to tell us everything. Mm -hmm. The perfect balance, man. Perfect balance. Loved it. Yeah. And I would recommend it to almost anybody. And this was yeah. recommended to me about a year ago, but Well, I'm glad we finally got a chance to see it cuz you know, like some like I said, sometimes I'm half-assed don't know. But yeah, this was a good movie. Definitely. It is. Definitely was. I would I would suggest this Yeah, I would suggest this to anybody. Yeah, and my problems with the uh, lighting and what have you, I'm going to be very honest. That might just be, it's a, it is a Netflix film, mm-hmm. because I think they got it off the strength of uh, The Ritual, so they wanted to do another Adam Neville. Hey. And I, I think this might be just as good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually, just personally, I like the story to this one a little better. Uh-huh. That's not, like... Bruckner or anybody's fault in the ritual no. it, it's the story that they were doing but right. I like the story to this one a little better mm-hmm. but I think the ritual's a little better shot I, I don't know it, it looks very Netflixy. Yeah, when it, you look at it Yeah, and, and I guess you know if you think about it from that angle they want to pander to as many people as possible because they yeah. got a big algorithm yeah and you know what good I'm well, glad they gave it to this guy and not somebody else not only that but it, it, if they gotta if they gotta kiss up a little bit for a whole bunch of people who would not necessarily have had a chance before Netflix exist, existed to make a movie, mm-hmm. fucking more power to them. Goddamn, we're, a lot of people are getting a chance that would never have had that chance. Yeah. So I'll deal with a little, ah, fuck, we don't need the green whatever. We don't, oh, Jesus, they're going to do this. Okay. Yep. Th- that is exactly my thoughts, is I will put up with a little bit of bullshit that I'm pretty sure was, yeah, studio notes or well, that's production that, like, notes. Shoehorning in that steampunk from last week. Yep. Let's, all right, well, we need this apparently, so let's do it and let's, it's very, uh, the last shift. Well, it seems like we have to do this, so let's do it the best way we can. Okay. And they knocked it right out of the fucking park. Mm-hmm. You know, and when in doubt, hit the textbook. If it's done well and you can't do better, do as well as they did. Yep. And they did. Uh-huh. Fantastic. Absolutely. James. Yes. What have we got to play? Yeah, grab your papers. <clears throat> I, I, I believe you have a thing to do. Yes, I do. I'm, you know, we can be reached at horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Boom. Yes. Gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, also, I finally took the time before the podcast to look up our five star review. Oh, you did? Yeah, big shout out to Nathan Lutz. Thank you, Nathan. Thanks. Thank you, Nathan Lutz. I, I apologize for my uh, indiscretions. If, if 
You can punch me in the dick if you can find me. Oh, no, he'll see you. No, I mean, he can punch me in the dick. Uh, You can all go see it (laughs) at a place. We've talked about it. It's fine. Okay. Well, uh, you can also find us on our, uh, we have a Facebook group, Instagram pages. uh, I don't want to do Twitter. Nah. I don't care enough. I'm not, I, and I'm not gonna, I, I had the Twitter. I can't figure out how to fucking use it because I'm old and easily confused. Well, you just type things and yeah. send it out into the world and hope for the best. Yeah, I don't know okay. why you would. I've done it a few times to no avail. I, <laughs> I didn't really get the, the rush from tweeting, the, the tweet rush. Nope, all the twats you put out. All the twats I put out? <laughs> you did. You did. Isn't it the past tense of tweet? I, I don't know, man. I don't think so. I t- t- tweetage? Twat- I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but also, if you enjoyed anything that we have done... Be yeah. like Nathan and give us all the five stars. Yeah, you can give us a five-star rating. We'd appreciate it. Reviews and are nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll get around to reading them. James will make sure of it, because I sure won't. And it's a miracle. It's a holiday miracle that I remembered some shit. I remembered to actually not only write it down, but to actually bring what I wrote it down on. So, James, do you have any New Year's resolutions this year while we're winding down? To suck a little bit less than I did last year. Jo- at this or just in general? In general. Oh, well, that's, that's some good aspirations. Because I figure it's attainable. Yeah. It's not going to be too much harder to suck less. Yeah. I don't know, man. We could really flush this upcoming year down the toilet if we wanted. I know, but, you know, it, it, with, the amount of, with the amount of time I've spent the amount of money I've not spent not drinking. Oh, I didn't mean with drinking. I mean, no, no. What I'm saying is in that time, I've managed to suck less than the year before, so I figure it didn't take much effort to actually suck less than last year. We should go get matching face tattoos. Oh, yeah. I think that would really make our 2023 uh, sh- really sparkle. I'm big on the forehead. We suck less this year? No. Like a cool design. Oh, yeah. Like a... Big old HV logo on our cheek. No, huh? all right. I th- <laughs> oh, um, I, I, I vowed that I'm going to try and listen to even more Motorhead this year. I think that's what I'm going to do. You're fucking A. I think that's a very attainable goal. Mm-hmm. I should probably quit smoking, too. Well, let's, let's deal with the Motorhead thing, then. This is fucked up, Chris, because I, I told myself, F, fuck it. I'm not even going to try to quit until Chris starts quitting. If you quit smoking, i got to fucking quit smoking, so don't do it. <laughs> let's, let's put the smoking on the back burner. Let's really focus on this Motorhead I, thing. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to make that jump yet. That's I think fair. we're done. <laughs> We've been done for quite some time. Uh, good night. Like about a year now. We good, have just been good really treading water on this. You're right there, Indiana. I think I'll make it. <laughs> All right. Oh man, we have piddled this one away. Yet uh, again. Yes. Right. You must be terrified.